Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from someone who has been a part of eight hardware exits on how to ensure you reap big rewards by building a hardware startup quickly and correctly. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, a show to learn from top leaders in product development, prototyping, manufacturing, product selling, and everything in between. Hosted by Kevin Macko, the leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Sponsored by PTC's two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo. And produced by Macko Design and Invent, the original firm providing world-class consumer consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Rich Walsh to the show. Rich is the CEO of Corvent Medical, which is the eighth company Rich has helped build. Prior to Corvent, Rich was a part of many different companies, building them from early phases right to exiting through either acquisition or going public. He has been in the space for over 25 years. Today, Rich is going to share some valuable knowledge from vendor startups and small manufacturers on how rewarding building a hardware startup is, how to move fast to accomplish big goals much faster than big companies, and how to be a repeat serial hardware startup entrepreneur. Now, on to the episode. Hey, Rich, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. It's great to be here. We're excited today to talk to you about medical devices and hardware products in general, especially as a startup, encouraging the value of startup development, especially in the hardware space. Obviously, you hear lots of things around the world. Hardware, it's hard and it's difficult to make money, but that's simply not true. There are countless examples, stories, companies, more and more than ever before in 2023, emerging hardware startups, changing the game, putting their innovations in place, disrupting even legacy marketplaces. And you're a prime example. You've had eight successful hardware startups in your career. You've been doing this for over 25 years. Before before we get into all the best practices around uh, motivating hardware startups to get the ball rolling, just give us a bit of a background. How did you get to be the big success story that you are today? <laughs> well, Corvent Medical is a company that really was founded during the pandemic, and we had a mission. The mission was to save lives. That's an incredible mission. It was so motivating for everybody because we build medical ventilators. 30 years ago, when I got into MedDevice, I was transitioning from the military into sales and marketing. And I really had a lot of different opportunities uh, and different paths I could have gone down. Uh, I was a pilot in the military. I could have stayed in aviation, but I really wanted to make a difference. I wanted to do things that would help people, help the, our communities, help mankind in general. And I met a person who was involved in medical device equipment and uh, they shared with me what they were doing. Uh, it was a new technology called laparoscopy. And, you know, really it allowed patients to go home in, in half the time that they would have stayed in the hospital with much less uh, trauma and pain and suffering and post-operative recovery. And I, I thought that, wow, that, you know, you think about how many surgeries are done every year around the world. Uh, and if you could do that and you could simplify that by designing technologies like staplers, like scissors, like that could go into the body through small holes instead of making big incisions. And that's what laparoscopy is. And so I I, I saw that this was the future. And I, I understood that, you know, the the way surgery had been done for hundreds of years, you know, something had to change. And we uh we launched laparoscopy pretty much at US Surgical. Uh, and for general surgery and for GYN and for urology and almost any discipline you can think of in a surgical world. And it was very rewarding because, again, you, you, you see patients that, let's say, had a gallbladder operation. Um, our engineers designed staplers and they designed clip pliers and they designed 
things called trocars that would allow the doctor to go inside the patient with miniature hands, essentially, miniature devices, where the patient used to have an eight to 10 inch incision. They now had two or three half inch incisions. So the patients recovered faster. Uh, they went home faster, had a lot less pain and suffering, and the recovery was remarkable. And it, it's all because of mechanical engineering. It's all It was all the hardware, just amazing technologies that uh, were developed 30 years ago. That's amazing. So you saw the opportunity and you saw the pain points are being created and you developed the product. You came up with these engineering marvels, essentially, that change people's lives. And it all starts from vision. Right, which is where so many hardware startups begin. They identify that core opportunity or that serious pain point or something like that. And then they see some sort of mechanical method to improve the situation. And that is how so many hardware companies start, so many medical device companies. I want to drill deeper into your story about uh, your current business because right. it's pretty amazing how quickly uh, with Corvent you're able to get off the ground. So you just started it at the beginning of COVID. And then in a very short time, you develop the device, you're approved by the FDA, all the regulatory things were set and you're selling products. So talk a bit about that story, because I think that's really inspirational for hardware startups. You know, if you're in medical, people think that it's really difficult or impossible to actually get a product out there. But again, that's not true. It happens. And especially if you've got a consumer product, there's for the most part, much less regulation involved. And you went through it. So talk about that story and how it became a success in such a short amount of time, especially in the medical field. Uh, in March of 2020, there was an incredible shortage of medical ventilators around the world. And the US government knew that our stockpile wasn't adequate. Our company was formed. We had an engineer, uh, we had a physicist, we had a, a doctor, and we had a small design house out in California. In less than a year, we had ventilators on multiple continents saving lives. That process usually takes three to five years in uh, big companies. You know, if you look at big companies, medical device companies, they design, they spend hundreds of millions of dollars designing. But because we had we had a great senior engineer, our, our chief technology officer, we had a great biomedical engineer, one of our founders, and uh, we saved a lot of lives around the world. In fact, right now, we've got dozens of our ventilators in the Ukraine saving lives. And so very rewarding, very motivating. We make a difference every day. When we ship our products, we make a difference. We save lives. Yeah, it's amazing. It all spun from an idea. You seize the opportunity and you went after it. And obviously execution is key. The other thing that I find amazing about what you're talking about here is how nimble and quick startups can be in relation to big corporate. And when you hear a lot of these stories about these crazy amounts of time it takes for products, especially in the medical sphere, but really all consumer products. I mean, the average traditionally is anywhere from two to seven years in development. And that's way too long for a startup. So even if I look at macro design clients, I mean, we're looking at anywhere from like nine to 12 months to be from concept to in the market. Right. Now, obviously things can delay that. There's lots of things that can happen. But the reality is if you are persistent and consistent, you can push things through very quickly, especially when there's an unmet need. And I think for the vast majority of hardware product companies out there, the vast majority of startups, you've already identified the unmet need. 
So now you need to chase that, get the vision on board. If you need funding, get other people on board that understand that need like you did, Rich, and find other people that are willing to help out on the different elements of the product that you need to get a high quality product manufactured, certified, and out there selling to the market that needs the very thing that you're looking to develop. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you you mentioned vision. I mean, that's part of our culture. Everybody in our company, and it's so incredibly important having a great company culture. We were very lucky. We built this company from the ground up. You know, there was three founders, four founders. And then I came along and I was the happy-go-lucky CEO that, you know, was ready to commercialize worldwide and get things going. And, and we did. And it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We were very proud of what we were doing. Uh, our chief technology officer, who's an engineer, he, you know, nothing less than perfection. It has to be perfect. If it's not perfect, we're not doing it. They push themselves so hard because, again, we had the opportunity to make a difference, and we still do. We pivoted after the uh, pandemic. We're building critical care ventilators now here in Fargo, North Dakota. What's really important is that over 90% of all the ventilators worldwide are not made by American companies, and, and we're changing that. We're bringing that back to the U.S. with the same team of highly motivated engineers that worked tirelessly through the pandemic to get these design concepts out there. But more importantly, we did this in a year, what it typically takes seven, six, five, six, seven years to do. And it was, it got through the FDA because the device is really, really, really designed incredibly well and built very well, built here in the United States. Um, I think that we've added, we've doubled, we've tripled our engineering team now. Uh, we're we're starting our manufacturing here in Fargo uh, and moving warehouse. We're going from 3,000 square feet to 18,000 square feet. And 15,000 of the 18,000 square feet is dedicated to the R&D team, manufacturing. Uh, and, you know, it's engineer heaven. They've got a brand new space. Uh, the, everything's going to be shiny and brand new in the, in the company. That's an amazing story because you started out with a vision. You got a bunch of stakeholders on board that could execute on that vision. You designed, developed, engineer it to match what that vision was. You got it through the regulation. You got it to market. And now you're scaling up like crazy, so big to the point where you're building your own manufacturing facility, your own R&D facility, and really scaling it from there. I want to talk about the next step, not necessarily for this business, but something you've done in many businesses before, which is the exit which could be one of the most rewarding parts of a hardware startup. And it's something that, especially if you're at the early days of a hardware startup, it seems so far in the future. But the reality is you've done this eight times now. And every time you've come to this amazing point where somebody else much bigger than you wants this thing so bad that they pay a lot of money to essentially buy you out. Talk right. a little bit about that process uh, as you've seen it in the past and something that hardware startups can be doing to be preparing for that, or at least just looking forward to that as a, a potential exit opportunity for the end game of their actual business idea. I've had the opportunity and the pleasure uh, to have different types of exits. We've had M&A events where a huge company comes in like Johnson & Johnson or Abbott. Uh, those are two companies that acquired two of my companies. Most recently, Teleflex purchased uh, one of my companies that I was working for, and that was a $1.5 billion event. So. Wow. You know, startup, startups are amazing. Do we want to be purchased by a company? I'm not sure. I think that uh, growing, uh, building a company here in Fargo and taking it out public someday, that's probably where we'll go. 
and that creates that can create generational wealth. You know, if you're if you're you hang in there, you work hard at a startup, that's unbelievable. You know, what it does for everybody that was on board early and hung in there through the tough times. And, you know, it can be a really, really life-changing event. I will say that when when the big companies buy you, sometimes the the ingenuity or I should say the vision gets lost. So that's not always a great thing for the company, but the company will grow. I've I've seen companies that were purchased. Neotrack purchased by Teleflex, they've grown at that company tenfold over the last ten years, and it's heavy in engineering. You know the exits, exits are phenomenal. You just don't know what's going to happen. It's 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 a roller coaster ride, and uh, it's always been very rewarding. The exit for uh, all the ones that I've experienced over the years, and it's so amazing in your situation. You started early which is something I know you talk about a lot. You really encourage people to start sooner than later. If you've got yes. that invention idea or that proprietary technology, whatever it might be, the earlier you start, the better. And, it, and it's very simple. It's, you've got time on your side. The sooner you start, the better it's going to be over the course of time. And what's amazing in your situation is it not only did you start early, you started early, you went through the processes, you got a product to market, you then exited, and then you use that money, that experience, those connections to do it again and again and again. And I find that most hardware entrepreneurs that are doing it for the first time, it's not their first idea. Even if it's their only really good idea at the moment, yep. every single one of them unanimously, especially when they become more and more successful, has more ideas and can see more opportunities. And now that they understand how it's totally possible to go from idea to product on the shelves to then exiting for big bucks, when you see that that's a very real thing that that can be done in this world, you then learn to do it over and over again. And you're a perfect case and example of you multiple times. And now with yet another game-changing company here with the ventilation devices. Yeah. One of my daughters is an engineer and uh, I think she was about 14 or 15 years old. And there was an article in the Wall Street Journal. It was front page and it, it talked about how biomedical engineering was the future. And that uh, I think it was like for 20, if you were going to be an engineer in 2022, you wanted to be a biomedical engineer. This is 10 years ago. And I cut that that article out and I left it in her room. Uh, and three, four years later, she went and became a biomedical engineer and graduated University of Delaware. She's on her, I think, third startup now. And she's had wow. a couple of exits already. And it's, again, it's, you know, get in early and pick the right company where you're going to have fun. And that's really rewarding. When you see these exits that ha can happen, and if it's a it's, it's successful exit, it changes the, it can change your life. And it, it can be a great thing. Absolutely. And you know, the, the reality is if you make a great product, and you mentioned perfectionism, you really yep. focus on quality of the product, making yep. sure that you're identifying that opportunity and then creating an amazing hardware solution to solve that. The sales will come. Oh, the sales will come, right? If you have an amazing product, the rest of it will fall into place, both sales and fundraising, which is something that obviously continues to evolve as you scale bigger and bigger rounds of funding in, in a variety of ways, whether it's customer funding, meaning they're buying product and you need to fulfill it, or whether it's actual financing where you're raising various funding rounds from angel and seed up through to venture capital, up through to your series rounds, and potentially even onto public as you've done, or even an exit with an M&A opportunity. I mean, financing grows with the business as well, but it all trickles down to a great product. You Absolutely. need to make a world-class product that's high quality, that's manufacturable, that people want. And if you can achieve that, and that opens up a lot of doors for you and a lot of different avenues. 
No, no question. And again, I go back to if you have a great culture, you're going to have a great product. I've been very, very lucky to, to work for some of the best med device CEOs in the world at U.S. Surgical and Intuitive and, and at Clarent. If you have a high level integrity and you know you have a high level of ingenuity and you motivate people to be creative, nothing can stop you. Rich, amazing advice. Much appreciated for all your words of wisdom today. And we look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks again. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a quick five-star review. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. That's podcast at macodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Macko, North America's leading expert on product development for physical products startups. Huge thanks to our sponsors, PTC, and their two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo, and Maco Design and Invent, the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Thanks for joining and see you next time.